It's the 90 Plus Extra Time Podcast. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope you got to watch some uh, some football, spend some time with some family. Um, I again did not really get to watch too much uh, too much football. We had the you know the MLS start this past weekend. I was able to watch a little bit, you know, some games while I was falling asleep, like some replays. Um, but I haven't really been able to watch like an entire game this weekend though. That's going to change. I'm actually going to a game. I'll talk more about that later on. Um, I'm just going to jump into this uh, this news. Um, everybody has been following the news. Everybody knows about the coronavirus and how it's affecting everything from, you know, air travel to, you know, just normal day-to-day stuff for people at work. And on the last podcast, I talked about how it was affecting uh, the European leagues. Um, now it is worse. I mean, I said that it was going to be worse, but uh, now we're actually starting to see it. So, um Let's see, in Italy, Syria at least, there are, they're playing all games uh, behind closed doors until the first week in April. So fans will only be able to watch the games at home. Uh, there'll be no matches that you know, will be available to fans um, in the stadiums. So, um, I mean, you know, the clubs, obviously, is going to hurt the clubs, but I think it's so much better that you know, they're actually thinking about the fans, thinking about the players, Instead of, you know, just focusing on the money, um, you know, there's going to be ways for them to make up that money. Most teams are going to play four matches in that time period. Um, you know, and that's just Syria. You know, they were going to play some of these matches um, later on. Like, there was supposed to be a Coppa Italia match played t- tomorrow, um, but they're going to postpone that. Um, who knows when they're going to make it up. But uh, it's not just Italy. I mean, I just read something that said the... The 20 clubs in the, the Swiss Football League, they've decided to suspend all matches until, um, I think it's the 23rd of March. Um, so, you know, it's only a matter of time before some of the other leagues, you know, possibly the Bundesliga, um, La Liga, and maybe Ligue 1. It doesn't really seem to, you know, to be affecting some of these other leagues. Italy has been, you know, hit the hardest. They've had over 100 people die um, in the country because of the coronavirus. Um, but you know, at least they're taking the steps to, uh, to try to safeguard the fans, you know, the players and the general public. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when, you know, it comes time for, um, you know, qualifying matches, these friendly matches, nations league, um, you know, just the friendly season that's coming up. And like I mentioned last week, also the Euros coming up, how, how it's going to affect that. I mean, you know, now you have leagues that are actually postponing, or excuse me, suspending matches. Um, who knows what's going to happen? Um, I saw in uh, in Asia some of the qualifiers, the World Cup qualifiers in the uh, for the AFC that they're pushing those dates back, possibly suspending them, um, and it, it's just going to snowball because you know, as one team, you know, or a federation believes that their players aren't going to be safe, you know, just because of traveling or being potentially exposed to players from, you know, certain countries, um, it's just going to be, it's going to domino and, you know, hopefully it, uh, it doesn't completely, you know, take out world football, um, you know, at least internationally, at least, um, you know, but you have players from varying countries that are playing on a lot of these teams and, uh, I don't know, like I said, I guess it's just good that they're, they're taking into, into account, not only the players safety, but the fans, as well as just the general public.
Um, even, you know, people, you know, I'm in Texas now, and there are people that are here that are quarantined. And, you know, there's, I don't know how many cases we have in the U.S. right now, you know, but there's people that are, that are dying here. There's people in Europe. There's people in Asia, obviously. Um, and this thing just seems like it's, it's only going to get worse um, before it gets better. Hopefully, you know, they figure out a cure or, you know, at least something to, uh, you know, stifle it a little bit. Um, but like I've also been telling people that I work with and, you know, friends and family that no one should really be like extremely worried about it until it kills more people than the, the normal flu does. Once that happens, then I think we really should worry. But we're not we're nowhere near that right now. Um, but I think, you know, people are just uh, they're just scared. And, you know, they're overreacting, people stealing stuff from hospitals like hand sanitizer, masks or whatever, uh, those disinfectant wipes, you know, and it's preventing doctors from being able to perform surgeries because they don't have the mask to protect themselves. I think my wife was telling me about that earlier. And, you know, people are they're panicking and just causing more issues than uh, than necessary. But, you know, precautions are always good. But uh blowing it out of proportion definitely isn't so um but like i said we'll see what happens we'll see what fifa does um i haven't really read too much about fifa's response to the coronavirus um you know it hasn't really aside from the football aspect of it it hasn't really affected my life um and i think that's that's the case for most people so when it really really starts to affect your life i think that's when more people will, will pay more and more attention to it so and <laughs> if it if it ends up affecting Euro 2020, I think a lot of people will be uh, up in arms. So, but like I always say, let's wait and see what happens, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, it has not been a good week for fans of Liverpool. Liverpool already has the Premier League locked up. Um, so, you know, they're, they're champions of the Premier League. Everybody was hoping that they would do the treble. I think, you know, probably in like December, <laughs> November, fans thought they would get the quadruple because they thought they were going to win the, um, the League Cup, FA Cup, Premier League, and Champions League. Um, so now they cannot get the, the treble. Um, you know, Klopp put in the, the youngsters, um, I think it was January, they lost in the uh, the Carabao Cup, um, you know, played the second team, basically, he just doesn't, he doesn't care about that, I actually think Klopp now is probably happy that, that uh, they're out of the, uh, they're out of the FA Cup, so now they can completely focus on the Champions League, now that the Premier League is locked up, um, but, you know, the fact that they lost to Watford in the Premier League, kind of is a shock to a lot of people because, you know, me being an Arsenal fan, I, you know, them in the 03-04 season being the invincible team, you know, didn't lose at all that season. Um, yeah, it kind of holds a special place in a lot of, you know, Arsenal fans' hearts, obviously. Um, and, you know, having the potential for Liverpool to do that this year, it was, you know, <laughs> a lot of us were getting kind of kind of antsy because um, you know they're obviously Liverpool is going to blow a lot of these records out uh, most points um, earliest you know title clinch um, you know I mean they're, they're just going to be setting all, all types of records um, 
but they will not be invincible. They're going to have a great season, but uh, it's not going to be an invincible season. And you see just how hard it is. I mean, they lost, what, 3-0 to Watford, so you see just how hard it is to uh, to have a completely undefeated season, even though I thought they were going to do it. I, I really did. I definitely wouldn't have thought going into a match against Watford that, that they were going to not only lose but give up three goals I thought that was that was pretty crazy but you know in in American football there's a saying that you know any given Sunday a team can can win a game it doesn't matter how good they are how terrible they are you know any given Sunday anything can happen and you know that's basically what happened to uh to Liverpool um they definitely were not expecting to to lose that match to Watford and then you know a few days later uh, they go up against Chelsea, and you know it's in the FA Cup. But you know a loss is a loss is a loss, and uh, you know the treble is is gone now. Like I said, Klopp is probably happy because now he can completely and entirely focus on the Champions League, and you know now that the Premier League is sewn up, um, and hopefully possibly prevent Manchester City from winning uh, the Champions League. Um, I still think I don't know. I, I think Man City really has a really good chance to win it, but uh, I think at the beginning of the season, I want to say that I, I predicted it was going to be Juventus to win it all, but um, you know that's neither here nor there. But now Liverpool has the the possibility you now that now they have like a renewed focus has the possibility to uh, to win the Champions League again for the second year in a row. Um, I don't know how many teams have won back to back. I know Real Madrid has done it at least twice. And, uh, you know, it would be impressive. I guess it would be a great way to uh, to capstone this season for Liverpool if they were able to pull that off. Um, they're not going to be able to, to be the, you know, invincible invincibles of Anfield, but um, they do still have a strong possibility to to win that again. Um, I think this is this, you know, these two losses is just like a minor blip. Uh, it just so happens that it, they basically gave up two really, really huge things. A you know, the possibility of an invincible season, even though it doesn't affect their title hopes in uh, the Premier League, and then also losing the FA Cup, which, you know, <clears throat> happening both in the same week, um, it does kind of put, like, a little bit of a dent into, you know, what made them look like... I mean, they still are an, an amazing team, but, like, one of the titles of an article that I read said, um, you know, this season went from possibly being an invincible season to just being an incredible season. And now that they lost to Chelsea, it may be just a good season. All right, so we all know how um, the German fans, I mean, I'm sure it happens in all the big countries, but um, how the German fans love to protest, whether it's the DFB or UEFA or whatever. But... Uh, what we saw in the Hoffenheim Stadium this weekend was pretty crazy. Again, I didn't get to watch the game. Um, I just, you know, read about it afterwards. But uh, you know, the 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 Bayern fans, Bayern was destroying Hoffenheim. But the Bayern fans and their banner, and you know, protesting the the owner of Hoffenheim. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, there's a rule in Germany. It's like the fifty plus one rule, meaning that the the fans and the fans the like the, the fan organizations have to own fifty percent plus one percent of the club um, 
is basically to pr- protect the league from allowing something like what happened with PSG or Chelsea or uh, Man City uh, or even Man United um, from having these rich ass owners come in and you know essentially take over the clubs. They they they're trying to pr- prevent like commercial interests having um, influence over the game in Germany. There are a few exceptions, like with Wolfsburg and Bayer Leverkusen, because obviously Bayer Leverkusen, you know, these, while these clubs are started by like, you know, local um, members from uh, Volkswagen in the case of Wolfsburg and then um, members or workers that work for, for Bayer, if you're in the U.S., or Bayer, if you're in Germany, um, you know, RB Leipzig and Hoffenheim aren't the same. Um, they both were kind of granted exemptions to the rule, but they're both owned by big ass corporations, um, with Hoffenheim being SAP and Lever- or excuse me, Leipzig being uh, Red Bull, the sports drink or the energy drink, excuse me. Um, but, you know, German soccer purists or just, you know, fans of the game and of the league, the Bundesliga, um, they don't appreciate, you know, what... Uh, the owner of Hoffenheim has done and, you know, the Red Bull has done to Leipzig. Um, basically, they see them as teams that, that have no history. They essentially have no culture. They see them as they're just like commercial entities that, you know, are kind of spoiling the game. So what happened is, you know, once the, um, the Bayern fans put up that banner, the referee pulled all the players off of the, off the field. Uh, players went to the dressing room. I don't. I think they were in there for like you know twenty thirty minutes, and then when the players came out, they actually did something that I think that the players should start doing. Um, you know when there's like racist taunts, because I mean if you think about it, this is really really no different. Um, it's just that this was directed at a single person, which you know he just happened to be the owner of the club. But the same thing happens with the racist chant. So I think this is what players should start doing instead of just you know walking off or pleading to the referee. The players literally just kicked the ball around back and forth to each other for, you know, over 20 minutes to see out the rest of the game. Um, you know, it was kind of like a solidarity thing between the players from Bayern Munich and the players from Hoffenheim. Um, you know, the Bayern players were pissed off at their supporters for bringing up this banner, basically calling the uh, the owner of Hoffenheim... Um, the sign said Hurensun, I think it's, or Hurensun is how you say it, uh, which basically means son of a whore, or, you know, if you're going to translate it into English, it's like son of a bitch, um, which means now I'm going to have to mark this episode explicit, but uh, that's, that's you know, what it translates to, and, you know, to, to show solidarity for the, the players on the other team, because it was the Bayern fans that brought this banner, and they were not playing in Munich, not that that, you know, is an excuse, um, they just kicked the ball around to see out the time of the game. Byron had already won the game, but uh, I think that's something the players should start doing when it comes to like, you know, these racist incidents that are happening, um, you know, all throughout throughout football, not just necessarily in in Italy or Europe or whatever. But I think that that is definitely an alternative um, to fans pleading with the referees or whatever. They could just kick the ball back and forth that way. While it does punish the fans that are not watching, or not, not excuse me, not, not not punishing the fans that aren't watching, but it it does punish the fans that the you know the regular fans, the the cooperative fans. It also 
essentially takes away the power of the racist chanting uh, fans and supporters that are in the stands. So um, hopefully, you know, something like this doesn't happen again. Um, hopefully those fans that brought those banners, because it, it was, you know, it was a small percentage of the visiting Bayern fans that did that. Hopefully they will be, you know, sanctioned or barred or whatever by the club or the league. And, you know, we won't see anything like that again, but I heavily doubt it. I'm sure something like this is probably going to end up happening at a Leipzig game or, you know, a game that Leipzig is playing in. Um, but we'll see what happens. And I hopefully, hopefully when it comes to this racist stuff that's going on, the fans, you know, take a page out of this book and decide to use this, this same tactic as a way to, to get those type of incidences to stop. Last but not least, I just want to let you guys know that uh, everybody, well, everybody knows that I moved to Texas uh, from Germany. Um, while I'm still uh, um, a Stuttgart supporter, <laughs> I, will, I will be for the rest of my life. Um, now that I am living in the San Antonio area of Texas, um, I'm going to be supporting the, the local team here, uh, San Antonio FC. Um, they unfortunately are not in the MLS. They are in the USL, the United Soccer League. It's basically if the US had, you know, promotion and relegation, this would be like the MLS two or the second league here in the US. Um, don't really know too much about them. Um, but this coming Saturday, March seventh, um, they're gonna have a game here in San Antonio. They'll be playing against uh, the Real Monarchs of Salt Lake City from Utah. Uh, me and my wife will be attending that game. She's here visiting, as I mentioned last week, and the reason why this podcast is late. Um, that was because we went to a Spurs game, though, uh, on uh, Monday, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm going to take her to that game. We're going to go see them play on Saturday. Um, so now we are fans of San Antonio FC. And the following week, I may get to watch them play their second game of the season. Because uh, I'll be traveling to Colorado. They're going to be playing against the Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC. Um, you know, hopefully it won't be, won't be too cold up there, though. Um, but, yeah, so that's going to be the new team that um, I'm going to be supporting. Like I said, I'm still going to be supporting the other teams, Stuttgart primarily, and then, you know, Arsenal and also NYCFC. Um, but, you know, now that I'm here in Texas, um, we got two MLS teams that are here in Houston Dynamo and uh, FC Dallas, even though I don't think I'll ever make it to a Dallas game. Um, and then Austin will be getting a team uh, next year. So this time next year, I'll maybe be able to, uh, to go to some Austin games because, you know, Austin's maybe about an hour away from here. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Possibly may even be sporting a San Antonio FC kit this weekend. We'll see. Um, yeah. Just want to let you guys know that. So, um, I'm going to end the show on that. I hope you guys have a great week. I uh, hope you guys get to catch some, some football this weekend, unlike this past weekend and the weekend before. This weekend, I can guarantee you that I will be catching some uh, some football because I'll be at a game, and possibly two weekends in a row I will be at a game, even though, you know, it's second, second division, but, you know, it is what it is. So um, I'm going to enjoy it, you know, regardless. Uh, I'll, I'll take my soccer any way that I possibly can with my football, so uh, I'm going to let you guys go. Um, please feel free to email me. 
Uh, the Instagram is 90 plus ET. Uh, the Twitter is at 90 plus ET. And my email address is 90 plus ET at gmail.com. Um, feel free to contact me uh, with your questions, your comments, whatever. Um, I love hearing from you guys and I hope you guys have a great week. I will talk to you next Monday for sure. And uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later.